We're going to continue talking about the family church values. You won't be surprised to know. Um, so we're now on part eight of 13. So five to go. So obviously we did an intro and then there's 12 family church values. So we've been talking about this, this for quite a few weeks, quite a few weeks now. And, and kind of like the, how we define as, as pastors and leaders how we, how, and as a church together, how we define our culture as a church. We believe that culture is important, that everything has a culture, you know, whether it be in, you know, a workplace or a school or a, a, you know, a business, a family, a marriage, everything has a culture. And we can either just let a culture happen or we can intentionally define it. So that it's everything that it should be. And as a, as a church, we want to intentionally define what our culture looks like. We don't just kind of just let things, let things happen and let things go. We don't believe that's good, that's, you know, good leadership. We want to define what, what our culture uh, looks like. So these are kind of our 12 uh, family church values we've been covering over the last few weeks. And, um, yeah, we've just, these, this is what God wants us to do. And every, every family church value is based on a biblical uh, principle. So we're going to talk about those again this morning. Amen? So last week, what did we talk about last week, I remember? So it's very good. Oh, well, Michelle, gold sticker. <laughs> Teacher's pet, I don't know. <laughs> no, last week we talked about we are servant-hearted. We talked about servant, just a really, really brief summary of the last week. I encourage you to catch up if you weren't here last week or have missed any of the weeks because they're really fundamental to who we are as a church. So we're servant-hearted, we're serving one another and the purpose of God um, in our generation, what is it Mark? Mark ten it should be on screen. Hopefully, up here. Mark ten forty two to forty five says Jesus called his disciples together and said, "You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord over them. They lived in a very authoritarian society at the time, and the high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, but to serve." And to give his life as a ransom for many. We just celebrate that in communion. What it meant to give his life. So even, even Jesus, the son of God himself, he did not come to be served. He had every right to be served. Of course he did. He's the son of God himself. But he didn't come for that purpose. He came to serve and to give his life as a ransom. What a great example that is, is to us. 1 Peter 4, 8-10 to 10 says, Above all, love each other deeply. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So God wants us to, to live to, for the benefit of others. Amen? To live to bless others and do that with a servant heart. We talked about servanthood in marriage, in parenting, in, in church, in church leadership. So we talked about all that last week. And then finally, we talked from Matthew twenty five twenty three. Jesus tells another one of his great stories, his great parables, the parable of the talents. Verse 23 says, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. You know, so I'm sure all of us as Christians, we want that to be, that's our heart's desire to say, you know, when we get to heaven, say, for God to say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. You know, but that means actually doing something. Because <laughs> it says, well done. That means that, that you've done something, right? That we should do something, that we should be a servant, that we should be a good servant, and we should be a faithful servant. And you can kind of unpack all that from the, that statement, well done, good, and faithful servant. So that's all stuff we talked about last week. Catch up on that if you missed it. We had a great time as well down at, um, uh, at Portsmouth last Sunday afternoon. Who was there Sunday afternoon? Yeah, we had a great, we had a great time uh, celebrating our 25th birthday last week. Some a t-shirt, 25th birthday t-shirt. A few, a few others, seen a few others around. So there we go. 
but yeah, praise God for everything he's done over 25 years, but it was a, just a brilliant, brilliant time. Anyway, so today I'm talking about we are family. We are family. I'm not going to sing it for you, be pleased to know. <laughs> we, are, we are family. Uh, next, next, next week. <laughs> we are family. Celebrating, uh, kind of the strap line of that, celebrating our diversity in culture and age committed to developing healthy relationships. So one of our, our cultural values is that we are a family. We are a church family, and we should all hopefully understand that, that principle, that we are a church family together. See the back of this T-shirt? We are family. See? We are family, and obviously we're called family church. You know, it's very integral to who, we, to who we are as a church. It doesn't mean say we're a church just for families. Of course, it doesn't, doesn't. We've got lots of families, that's true. But it doesn't mean we're just for families. Of course, it doesn't. We're for single people, younger people, older people, everyone. Okay, but we understand that we are a church family. Amen? Amen. So we're diverse in culture and age, committed to developing healthy relationships. So I think a good place to start with is kind of just what, is, is what the kingdom of God looks like. And, you know, and what heaven will look like. Revelation 7, verse 9 to 10 says this. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. So here, this is, this is John, the, the Apostle John, the Disciple John, has a revelation of you know, the end times and heaven, if you've read Revelation. And here he has his, his vision of what, heaven, of what heaven looks like. And he sees people from every, there's just more people than he can possibly count, millions and millions and millions from every nation and tribe and people and language. Amen. You know, and as, as a church, so we're, we're an individual church, yes, but we're also part of a wider church family. And hopefully we should all grasp this concept that, that we're part of the kingdom of God. Amen. There's other churches in this area, in the waterside of meeting right now, half past ten seems to be the spiritual time when churches meet, I don't know why, um, who decided that, but it is, uh, half ten, so you know, churches in this area, will be, there'll be hundreds of people meeting in this area right now, and, and up and down the land, and right across, right across our world, you know, there'll, be, there'll be billions in church today, worshipping and praising God, and, and that's amazing, amen, that's, that's the reality, right? And so we are all one church family. One, one universal church family. It's, it's the kingdom of God. It's, 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 the, body, it's the body of Christ. And, and we need to understand that, understand also that, that when we get to heaven, this is going to be the reality, and we won't have different groups of people in different, different corners. You know, I know people, we do, we, we do church in, I was saying we as in the general church in the nation. People do, we do church in different ways, and different churches do, do express it in different ways, and, that, and that's fine. I'm okay with that as a pastor. Different churches express, express kind of their faith in different ways, or the services may look a bit different, but we're all part of the kingdom of God, and we, we must understand that. I'm dead serious on that. We, we must understand that we're all batting for the same team, we all work for the same team, we're all serving the same God, we all worship the same God. And even if we do things slightly differently, and express it slightly differently, we're still all part of the kingdom of God. Amen? Everyone grasp this, <laughs> get this right? And when we get to heaven... You know, there won't be like, you know, us crazy Pentecostals over in one corner and, you know, the Baptists over another corner and the Church of England in another corner and those who are born-again Catholics, you know, in another, in another corner because they definitely are born-again Catholics, right? So, you know, that's, that's going to be a reality. We're not all going to be in different, we're not all going to be in different corners, amen? We're all going to be together celebrating and worshipping God because we are one, we are one kingdom, 
We're all serving the same God. So it's really important that we understand that. We understand that. Amen. And you may remember back in uh, uh, end of May, we had a global Sunday. Do you remember that? And we had a whole group of people standing up at the front over here. Read, we read the scripture in loads of different languages. And um, I can't remember what the languages were. Now there's um, lots. <laughs> I can't there were uh, German and Ukrainian and a couple of African languages. And um, yeah, it, it was great. French. Um, it was awesome. But that's a reality because that's a picture of the kingdom of God. Amen. There's every tribe, every nation, every, every, every people, every, every language. Standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Praise God. You know, the church, the church is the great melting pot of the world. You know, New York in particular, this would be true, I guess, of London as well, but particularly often New York is talked, New York City is talked about being the great melting pot of the world. There's people you know, from every, you know, just where people appeared on boats, they'd uh, emigrate from all over the world. And that's kind of led to America being what it is, you know, kind of being very, very diverse, because a lot of people emigrated there. And so New York is, is where the boats would arrive. So it's often called the great melting pot of the world. And you find people like from every you know, tribe and language and, and, and people there. And this is probably become more and more true about London as well. But, the, you know, but ultimately the church is the great melting pot of the world. Amen. Where everyone is welcome. Amen. And there's every tribe and language and, and people represented. That's, that's certainly God's desire for it so so we're part of one worldwide church family we should understand this we should understand our brothers and sisters in christ and and you know and also about the and you know we talk about this from time to time about the persecuted church we need to understand that there's there's parts of the world where where you know even right now people will be suffering for their faith you know i know sometimes we we you know can think issues about our government and government's well, when we have a government, <laughs> so, it's not going on again, isn't there? Bless them. It's not going on again this week. Anyway, sometimes we can think, complain about the government or do Christians have the freedoms they should have? And they're, they're great questions to ask, don't get me wrong. You know, but compared to some places, we don't know the freedoms that we have sometimes. Um, you know, where it's a real, it's genuine life and death issues. You can't own a Bible and you can't, you can't go to church. And if you were a Muslim and you leave the Muslim faith, you're in very high danger of you know, being killed and, and all that in Pakistan and the Middle East and uh, China and North Korea and, you know, other places where, and I think, I was reading this week, I think Nigeria is now the most dangerous place to be a Christian of all places. Um, it's now Nigeria is incredibly, incredibly dangerous. Churches have been burnt down, you know, people have been persecuted, people have been burnt alive. And this, this is all doesn't go on the news, sadly, this kind of stuff, but it's a reality of, you know, what's going on. So we need to remember that. These are our brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. And keep them, keep them in prayer. One universal worldwide church. Amen. Praise God for that. But also as an individual church, we're also a family of believers. For us as, as family church Waterside, we're also a family. Amen. Galatians 6 verse 10, Paul writes, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. So we're, we're encouraged basically to look out for each other, to look after each other, to, to, to bless each other. To be servant-hearted, going back to last week, to be servant-hearted towards each other. Amen? So let's make sure we do that. Amen? Let's do good to all people, especially for those who belong to the family of believers. If you can do good for others in this church, then, then, then do that. Amen? Praise God. Galatians 3, verse 26 to 28, Paul writes this. So in Christ Jesus, you're all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. That's a great scripture. 
There's so many great scriptures, obviously. They're all great. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for we're all one in Christ Jesus. Now, we live in a world that's very divisive, isn't it? And, and, and I'm not going to complain about social media. There are some good parts of it. Um, but social media has definitely made the issue worse, I suppose, of what I would, what I, I would say. And uh, you know, people of uh, all different ages, but people of my generation, you know, as a young person, we didn't have social media. I didn't have a phone until I was 20 have a mobile till I was 25. I didn't have a smartphone until I was 35. So grew up pre, as a lot of us did, grew up pre-social media. Lisa's like, what? That's ridiculous. <laughs> um, grew up pre-social media. So you kind of, you've known, known before and you've known after and the world has changed, isn't it? The world has definitely become more divided. Politically, the world is far more divided, uh, more, far more polarized, I would say, than it used to be. And social media has definitely exacerbated that, that issue. So we need to understand that it's in this divided world, there's one thing that isn't divided, and that's the kingdom of God. Amen? This world which is very divisive, very, very polarized, very, very opinionated. There's one thing that should not be divided, and that's the kingdom. Amen? That's, that's, that's the family of God, the family of Christ. We're all one. So it talks here about being, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free. We're all one, or male and female, we're all one in Christ Jesus. So this kind of covers the different aspects of what people would be. So there's neither Jew or Gentile, it's just talking about ethnicity. So, that, so in that time, people would be understood, they're either Jewish or they're kind of non-Jewish. That was the, that's just kind of how it worked, you know, back then. So it's talking about, it's for all ethnicities, whether Jew or Gentile. Whether you're slave or free. Now, obviously, this isn't, and sometimes this is a criticism from people out in the world, that they think the Bible condones slavery. It absolutely does not condone slavery in any way, shape, or form. And in fact, if you know your history, you know that it was Christians who worked very hard to abolish slavery in the British Empire. It was, it was Christian MPs like William Wilberforce and, and others um, who worked incredibly hard you know, to get slavery abolished. So the Bible does not in any way condone slavery, but this, is just, this statement is just reflecting reality of society at the time. Does that make sense? Okay, so it's not saying you know, slavery is okay, but it was a reality in those days that, that slavery was very, very common. If you couldn't pay your debts, they wouldn't come and take your TV and your car like they would now and send the, you know, send the heavies around, send the bailiffs around, which is not... I'm not saying that's good either, but that's what they would do now. But in those days, if you couldn't pay your debts, you basically became a slave. That's how you repaid your debt. You couldn't go bankrupt. That wasn't even a thing. You know, you, they would just own you. And if you didn't, have, you didn't have the possessions to pay off the debts, they would just own you and maybe your children and your wife and, and everybody, your entire family. Instead, so that's kind of just how it worked in those days. It's not, Paul's not condoning slavery here in any way, shape, or form. But what he is saying is it's for all backgrounds. So it's for all ethnicities, whether Jew or Gentile, it's for all backgrounds. Whatever your background, your socio-economic background is how you know, people in society would describe it. You know, from a wealthy family, a family that's less wealthy, somewhere in the middle, whatever it may be, it's the kingdom of God is for everybody. Amen? It doesn't, it doesn't distinguish between, between the two. It's for Jew or Gentile, for slave or free, and also it's for male and female. Again, in this world, it's become very polarized about gender, and there's lots and lots of confusion, isn't there, about gender, what gender even is which seems weird. <laughs> it's even something that even needs to be talked about because it's, like, it's, it's blatantly obvious what it is. But, but in our society, it seems, seems gets quite confused, sadly, about it. But it's for, it's for male and female. Amen? So whether what your ethnicity, your, your, your background, whether you're male or female, the kingdom of God is for you. And this is basically what Paul's saying here. Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, the kingdom of God is for you. We're, and we're all one in Christ. We've all been baptized into Christ. Amen? Praise God for that. So all one family, and you know, God wants us as a church family to operate in a, in a healthy way. You know, sometimes families and can be dis- natural families can be a bit dysfunctional, can't they? 
I'm not asking you to put your hand up or anything. <laughs> just, just saying, it's just, just true, isn't it? Sometimes families can be dysfunctional and not everything works in a healthy way, not everything is how it was, and you know, we kind of can joke about it, but in some ways these are, these are big issues uh, that you've had to confront in your life. You, know, you might have had you know, really bad relationships with your parents, with your dad, with, with both parents, or with your own children. Your children might be estranged, and there can be all sorts of stuff that could be going on in your world. And, you know... I'm, you know, praise God, we, we want you to be set free, from, set, set free from that. That's still something that affects you. And believing for your children to come back to God if they've gone away from God or if they're estranged. And, and if you haven't got a great relationship with parents, that, that can be restored through, through God. Amen. Let's, let's believe for that. Amen. But I know there could well be things that are totally outside of your control. And, and, and God knows that as well. So sometimes real natural families can be a bit dysfunctional. You know, but God never wants a church family to be dysfunctional. Amen. It's, it's God's... It's, it's, God's, God's opinion, God's view that a church family should always be functional, should be, should be healthy. That everything should work in the correct way. Amen? So let's read about what a functional church family looks like. Paul, again, writes about this as in 1 Corinthians, so to the church in Corinth. He writes this. Just as a body, though one has many parts, he's talking about a human body here, just this is a human body, though one has many parts, but all its parts, many parts, form one body, so it is with Christ. For you all baptized by one spirit as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. So he repeats some of what he said in that other script we've just read. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And, and, and he goes on to use an analogy here, as Paul so often did, talk about the analogy of a human body. Now, if the foot should say, obviously your feet can't speak. It'd be weird if they did, right? Okay, but he's using an analogy here. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body... It would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the ears should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they're all one part, where would the body be? As there are many parts, as it is, there are many parts of one body. So he's making this illustration here of, you know, every part in your body, it matters. Your body's incredibly complex. That's not a biology lesson this morning. Our body's incredibly complex, isn't it? And it's amazing it works as well as it does, um, considering how complex complex it is. You know, the different systems. We have our respiratory system, you know, and our digestive system, and kind of all the various um, neurological system, um, etc. And all those various systems that, that have to all function just to come, you know, just as I'm moving my arm now, there's like several systems all functioning together just to be able to do that. It's amazing, isn't it? And that all happens like in lightning speed and that we can tell our brain to do something and it, and it does it. You know, God has given us amazing bodies. And it all has to function together. This is what Paul is talking about here. If you, if, if you, didn't, have a, if you didn't have an eye, well, you'd still be able to hear, but, but, but where would your sense of sight be? You're going to be missing out, missing out on something, right? So they're all important. So verse 21, continue. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. So there should be no division in the body, but its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Amen? So it's just a great analogy that Paul uses there. 
about how a physical body, everything in your body has to work together. They're not competing with each other. They're all working together in order for you for you to function you know, as a human being. If you better you know, walk, walk down the street, then there's loads of things all functioning together, and they're all just as important. So this is what the point that Paul was making in here. So I just kind of got some statements here. So when it comes to a church family, when it comes to our church bodies, everyone is important. Amen. Everyone is important. If you don't feel important, I'm saying to you now as your pastor that you are important. Right? Everyone is important. Everyone matters. Whether, whether you're in church or not, and I'm not saying this is a judgmental thing, why aren't you in church? I don't mean like a, but I'm just saying whether you're in church or not, it matters. It does. It matters not just to you, it matters to all of us. Everyone is valuable. Everyone has equal value. Everyone should, should, should feel valued. Every, everyone is welcome. One thing we often hear as a pastor, and it's great to hear it, is that we're a very welcoming church. And I, and I hope that's you know, true for all of you. I'm sure it is. We're a very welcoming church. So everyone is important. Everyone matters. Everyone is valued. And everyone is welcome. You know, there's fundamentals of how a church should, should, should operate. Amen? All roles within a church are important. All teams within a, a church are important. If you're, on the, if you're on the setup team, it's just as important as the worship team. I'm not just saying that. It's, I'm saying it because it's, cause it's true. Absolutely true. If, if no one put the chairs out, we wouldn't be able to have church right now, would we? We'd all be standing up. People would be complaining. Think, oh, man, I desperately need to sit down. <laughs> or you might be thinking, this service is going on too long. I, I'm going to have to go home because I can't stand any longer. Or whatever. But church wouldn't happen, would it? So, so whatever, whatever team you're in, they're all just as, just as important. The practical teams, if we can kind of put it in this way, uh, it, the practical teams are just as important as the spiritual teams. Okay, and they're not, they're not competing with each other either. Okay, everyone, everyone matters. Whatever team you're involved in, it matters. It's crucial. You know, it talks about there. Paul talks about if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part on, is honoured, every part rejoices with it. You know, that's just true. We're, as a church, we, we we celebrate together. Last week we celebrated our twenty fifth birthday. As I said, and we had birthday cake as well and stuff in, in the morning last week. If you were here, lots of cake. We had. You know, we, we celebrate together. You know, we, we honor, we honor together. So this is where one part suffers, every part suffers with it. We even cry together. Yeah, because that's what a church family, a church family does. I think about some of the, as I was writing, as I was thinking about some of the, you know, people in our church who are very highly valued, who've gone to be with the Lord. Yeah, we, we cry together. And that's okay. That's what, that's what our family does, right? Because yeah. we miss people. You know, ultimately, we, we need each other. You know, the, it's a statement, isn't there, that no man, no man is an island. It's true about women as well. But no man or, or woman is an island, and it's absolutely true. You know, you need other people. And you know, other people in this church, they need you. Amen? You know, as I was writing this, I was thinking about the, you know, the infamous poster from World War I. You, you may remember of Lord, Lord Kitchener, you know, your country needs you. And they were trying to get, trying to get, um, trying to get men because it was only men then, obviously, and how the army worked then, um, trying to get men to, to sign up for the army. And ultimately, they made it compulsory with conscription. But at the time, places saying, your country needs you. If you want to serve your country, we need you. You know, and that's true in a, in a church body. We, we, we need you. This church, it needs you. Other people in this church, they need you. Don't, don't devalue yourself. Amen? Everyone is just as valuable as, as each other. And while you need other people, other people need you. They may they may all need your prayers. They might need your advice. They might just they might just need a chat. They might they might just need a hug. But other people in this church, they need you. Amen. So whether you're whether you're in church or not, it does actually it does matter. And it doesn't matter just about you. And and we need to be careful that we don't ever just become 
you know, everything's just about us. Other people need you. Amen. This church needs you. This church needs everybody to get involved. This church needs everybody, everybody's prayers. This church needs, and I'm not saying that people aren't doing this, okay? I'm just, just encouraging. This, this church needs everybody to get on board. This church needs everybody to get behind the, behind the vision. Amen? This church needs everyone to get these, these family church values deep into their heart. This church needs to be a people that, uh, you know, her Bible believing and other kind of family church values that we have talked about or will talk about. Amen? But the church needs you. Amen? So everyone's important. Everyone matters. Everyone is valuable. Everyone is welcome. All roles are important. All teams are important. We celebrate together. We honor together. We, we, we laugh together. We, we cry together. We need each other. No man or woman is an island. This church needs you. Amen? Amen. And I'm going to ask um, Tasha. Where is Tasha? Where's she gone? Oh, there she is. Um, just because we're talking about everything about, we're talking about diversity and, and, and age and, and, and cultures, etc. But particularly on diversity of age, I'm going to ask Tasha just to come and just to share a few thoughts. Let's give Tasha a massive hand. So if you didn't know, but I'm sure you all do know, but if, if you don't know, Tasha oversees our, our kids' churches, our kids' church core leaders. She's going to just share some stuff about, about youth and kids. Thank you, Tasha. Hello. It's bright up here. So, as you're probably aware, our church has a huge amount of kids. Huge. Of which I have been blessed to lead Kids Church for over eight years now. Looking to retire soon, Paul. Um, during this time, it's <laughs> during this time, it's grown me, it's challenged me, it's made me seek and lean on God so much because as a young younger lady uh, I was never going to have children never going to get married never going to work with children but God had a different plan so here I am today um, so basically I just want to say like kids are such a blessing they're such a blessing from God doesn't always feel like it but if you look in Psalm 127.3 definitely says it behold children are a heritage and a gift from God can't argue with God there. They are precious whether they're a few days old, fully grown, parents, grandparents themselves. They are so precious. Throughout the Bible, there are scriptures asking us to teach and train our kids in God's ways, such as Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, teaching him to seek God's wisdom and will for his abilities and talents. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. I take that as God asking us. So we we got to do it. So training up our kids in, in, in God's ways can look so daunting. We ask ourselves, are we, are we capable of doing this? There are doubts that creep in. And I just want to be, stand here today and say, yes, you can train your kids in God's way. Kids have between 50 and 100 hours of church contact if they come every week and if they go to everything that we lay on for them. You as parents... 2,000 to 3,000 hours a year. It's a lot of time. <laughs> You've got time with them. <laughs> so you guys are perfectly positioned, perfectly positioned to, to help train your kids. And we're here to help you as well. We put a massive value on kids. We invest in them highly through church, through youth ministry and other community events. Within Kids Church, we set the culture of loving God first and foremost but this is also role modelled within our services. Kids have that amazing talent of looking like they're not 
listening or watching what you're doing. I can assure you they're watching what you're doing. (laughs) They're watching the way you serve. They're watching the way you worship. They're watching the way you pray and you deal with situations. They are always watching. (laughs) These kids aren't our future church. These kids are our church now. They are our future leaders and they should never be overlooked Kids, church, kids that feel part of the church are more likely to get stuck in with serving, and they do. You just look at our hospitality, um, our, what's it called? It's hospitality, yeah. <laughs> our hospitality, our AV and media, in kids' church itself, been set up and packed down. The kids are getting stuck in without a second's thought. If we can support our kids in experiencing God and how to have a heart-connected two-way relationship with him, They can be world changers, soul winners, and the plans that God has for them is unimaginable. When the kids are in kids' church, just a little shout out to the team, they are fabulous in themselves. They are so committed and faithful, and they have such a wealth of knowledge as well. The team are so awesome in creating a safe place for kids to explore and experience, experiment with their gifts, challenge and make friends with others who believe, but also ask questions. And boy, can they sideswipe us with some of those questions. We find that I I learn from the kids also. We encourage them to share their faith, not just within church, but in their own worlds. We encourage them to share testimonies, prayer requests and dreams. I was once told that Dan's grandma's dad prayed for his family's generation and spouses and their relationships with God. I never met this man, um, and he was praying for me before I was even born. It doesn't take a lot to make me cry, but that made me cry. Um, He prayed for Dan before he was born. He prayed for my kids before they were born. And I just think that's so, so beautiful that he was already looking to expand God's kingdom before they'd even set foot on us. I've taken this as a challenge, and I've taken it one step further. So I don't just pray for my kids' spouses, because let's face it, they're going to have to be pretty special to have me as a (laughs) mother-in-law. But (laughs) I pray for my generations to come, and I pray for all your kids and their generations to come. Uh, We shouldn't really be looking at just expanding God's kingdom now, but until Jesus comes back, we've got a long time, or... Maybe not quite so long, but I'm hoping reasonably long time. Although we invest in kids, we invest in parents too. You guys spend more, more time with your kids than, than we do. You don't need expensive curriculums or Bibles or tutors. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 6, 6 to 9, These words which I am commanding you today shall be written on your heart and mind. You shall teach them diligently to your children, impressing God's precepts on their minds and penetrating their hearts with his truth. And they sh- and shall speak to them when you sit in your houses, when you walk on the road and when you lie down and when you get up. And you shall bind them as a sign on your forehead and they should be used as bands for your, sorry, on your hand. <laughs> and they should be used as bands on your forehead. You should write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. You can teach God's words in any daily activity. You don't need to orchestrate a holy place for them. You just need to talk to your kids when you're walking down the street. Pray when you see an ambulance. Pray that God will be healing that person in there right now. Pray for your kids as they go into school before they take part in tournaments. 
talk about the beauty of the sea and the trees. If you sow your seeds, God will do the rest. Kids, remember these times. Let them see parts of your Christian walk so they can learn. But also if they have walked away, just let them see you still praying, still reading. Continue talking to them about God. They're not going to like it, but keep doing it and point out things that could have only been God. They know. They just don't want to say it. We will be here for you as well through those times, stood with you praying for them to come back to God. So just come and ask one of us. We all have that same mission. I'm on a journey with you guys as well. I've got three kids of my own at various ages and stages of life. I want nothing more than my kids to have a solid relationship with God so that when things get tough, they have the peace of God, the knowledge that God is with them and working for them and that they can experience a God-blessed life. There are so many resources out there. I tend to try and vet as many as I can and get them out to people so they've got those, those tools to help. Um, we've run courses as well, and we hope to redo those in uh, the new year. So we get those up and going again. And we're here to support you, encourage you, and mostly cheer you on. It can be tough, but together as a force, we can totally be reckoned with. So come and chat to me or any of the Kids Church team. We're more than happy to help you. Our aim is to ensure that kids have a revelation of who God is and that he is real and always with us. We have been commissioned to train our children in God's ways. We've got no idea what God's plans are for them. And if we don't teach them God's ways, I think it would be an injustice to get in the way of their experience and the plans that he has for them. We, we create a culture for kids and parents to flourish within the church. And I just implore you that if, even if you have no affiliation with any kids within the church, just let them keep seeing how you walk your Christian life because it's impacting them massively. So I just want to thank you for all you do as our church family. Thanks, Tasha. And I think all the all the kids and youth are about to come back in, so it'll be good to we're going to get them at the front and we're going to pray pray for them all. Are they on their way? I think so. Maybe. Great. Before we do that, I just wanted to mention about you know culture. We've got a church full of different different cultures as well, and we're so thankful for all those that call this family church home and there's different people from Abraham from Kenya as Romanians all our Ukrainian friends um, different places uh, Switzerland um, different places have I missed anyone I don't know hopefully not oh yes <laughs> Sorry. where are you from again St. Vincent in the, in the Caribbean awesome so that's that's great you know, and we also want our church to be multicultural, and it is. I know we don't live in the most multicultural part of the world. We don't, do we? In the New Forest, it isn't the most multicultural part of, of Britain. That's definitely definitely true. Even Southampton would be far more multicultural. But we're so great. We're so grateful that you're here with us from different different cultures and backgrounds because you make our, our church what it, what it is. You make our church unique. You make it make it rich. Um, yeah, and we're so great that you're you're with us, and we we love you being part of us. You're so much part of us, um, um, and that's that's awesome. And that's, that's a reflection of the kingdom of God. Amen. Every tribe, every nation, every language. Amen. 
all together, all together as one. Praise God. That's so, so good. Ah, the kids are definitely on their way. <laughs> you can tell now. So youth, if you'd like to come up the front, let's give the youth a massive hand. All the kids on their way. We're so blessed to have so many kids and youth, as Tasha mentioned. Come on, the kids. If you'd like to come up the front, kids. If you need to come, parents, if you need to come up with your kids, obviously that's fine. If that's, I'm just going to pray for you. So, parents, if you need to come up as well, that's absolutely fine to manage your children, so to speak. Is that everyone? We're going to pray for you. That's what we're going to do. Oh, Callie's, Callie's still coming. Great. What a lovely bunch of kids and youth that, that we have. So we're going to pray for them. Should we all like to stand, the rest of our church family? Because you know, as Tasha said, you know, these... these you know, um, you know, not the future church family. They already, they already are our church family. Amen. They're not, they're not the future church, or they're the future, big part of the future of the church. Yes, but are they the future church? No, they're already very much part of our church family. I want to say that to you, as children and as and as youth, you're very much part of our church, uh, of, of our church family. We're so thankful for you, and you know, there's going to be so many future leaders, and and just just believe that God's going to use you. Use all of you just to do great things, great things for him. But we're all going to pray for you as a church. That's okay. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you, Lord, for every child, Lord, and young person, Lord, that's represented here. Lord, we thank you for their lives. We thank you for what you've already done in their lives up to this point. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, so many, Lord, have already made a decision to invite you into their life and are, and are living, living for you. And we pray that, Lord, for every, every single one, if they're not yet at that age or just haven't made the decision yet, Lord, that they will make that decision for themselves, Lord God, when they fully understand what it's all about, Lord God. And, and you just help their, their parents as they just guide them and lead them in that, Lord. But we thank you for every young person here. Lord, we thank you that you, you, they were knit together in, in their mother's womb. Lord, you created them for a purpose, Lord God. Lord, you have a great plan for their lives. Lord, we just pray, Lord, you will bless them. Lord, you will use them for your purposes. Lord God, they have a lot of great revelation of who you are as their Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray you'll protect them in every way, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Lord, in every way, you'll protect them for all the world tries to throw at them. Lord, I pray they'll go against the flow. Lord, they will stand up, Lord, for what is, what is right and what they know to be truth, Lord God. Lord, help them just to, Lord, be courageous, Lord, and bold in that. Lord, help them to be great, Lord, little evangelists for you, Lord, in, in, their, in their schools, Lord, in their, in their families. Lord, help them to be bold and, and courageous in that as they talk to their friends, Lord, about you, their, te- their, their teachers, or maybe unsaved parents. Lord God, as they talk to them about you, Lord God, help them to be evangelists for you, Lord Jesus. Use them for your purposes and your glory, Lord. May they all know that they're an integral part of who we are as a church family, Lord God. Lord, that they're, they're part of us, they're one with us, and they may go off to a different room, but they're very much part of who we are. And I thank you, Lord, for that, that reality. Lord, bless every single, one of abund- every single one of them abundantly. Lord, and all those, Lord, that, that church-wise, Lord, are involved in, the, involved in the Ignition or Kids Church, Lord, or youth. Lord, I pray you bless those leaders. Lord, help them just to do it, Lord, Lord, to lead to the best of their ability. Lord, we pray, Lord, for all, all parents, Lord God. 
Lord, that you would just bless them, help them to, to, to lead and to guide their kids, help them, as Tasha said, help them to just to model who you are, to model what the Christian life looks like. Lord God, help them to model your, model your word, Lord, to be the best example they can possibly be, Lord, to their children. Thank you, Lord God. Lord, just bless every single one of them abundantly in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well done, kids. Let's give them a massive round of applause. I guess they're still going with the kids, so don't go, don't go back to your parents. Have, have kids been signed out? No. So children, please go back to those who are wearing yellow T-shirts. Please don't go, don't go back to your parents, because we have to make sure things are done properly. Okay, you haven't been signed out yet. So go, go back to the, your kids' church leaders, please. Let's all just stay standing. I just want to just pray for all of you as well as we come to a close. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you, Lord. It's your idea, Lord, to be a church family and to be a church body. Lord, thank you for every single person, Lord, that's here this morning, whatever their culture, whatever their, their, their background, Lord, whether male or female, Lord, in every way, as Paul talked about, Lord, young, young and old, oh God, Lord, we just pray your blessing upon them. Lord, and I pray, Lord, we will be a true church family, not just a, not just a name, because that is a name and it's a great name, to be family church, Lord, but it will be such a reality. Lord, there will be such a connection between young and old, Lord, between people of every background, all, all cultures, every language, Lord God, that there'll be a bond between us. Lord, and that bond will be not something that's forced, but the bond will be you, Lord, and the love of Christ. Lord, and us understanding, Lord, that we're all part of one body and one family, Lord. May we be such a functional family, Lord. We pray against any dysfunction. And Lord, and it's not something I've observed, but Lord, we pray against any dysfunction or any attacks of the enemy, anything that would try and bring division or clicks or, or confusion or gossip or any of those things. Lord, we stand against them in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray we'll just be such a healthy and functional church family, Lord, for your, for your glory. Lord God, and as a church family, Lord, we want to, Lord, more and more and more family members, Lord God. Lord, we pray you to continue to bring people in, Lord, that people will get saved, Lord, that people's lives, Lord, will be changed by you. Thank you, Jesus. You're such a great, great God. And thank you, Lord, for our worldwide family that we're part of. Lord, billions of people this morning, Lord, or throughout, throughout the day, Lord God, with our different time zones, Lord, we'll be celebrating you, worshipping you, lifting you up. Lord, right across the world now, millions of people will be getting saved, getting baptized, getting healed. Lives will be changed, Lord. Lord, may we never just be centric, just, just focused on ourselves or even just even on our nation. Lord, we thank you for the worldwide church family. We thank you for what you're doing, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for brothers and sisters in persecuted countries. Lord, we pray you'll protect them. You'll keep your hand upon them. Lord, their boldness and courage, Lord, is just, it's just incredible, Lord God, that the decisions that they have to make. I pray you protect their families, protect churches, protect church buildings. Thank you, Lord God. Just, Lord, I pray, Lord, Christianity, Lord, will just spread like wildfire, Lord, all across the world. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord, especially, Lord, for those countries where it's, where it's so hard to be a Christian, like the Middle East and other places, Lord, that you would just break through. Lord, thank you. We hear those stories of, of Muslims getting saved and they, they dream about you and, and Lord, you appear in their dreams and their lives are changed. And we just pray for more and more and more of that, Lord God. They have a revelation of you as their, as their saviour, as their Lord, the revelation of the cross and what the cross means to them, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Lord, just do your will. Lord, thank you that nothing can stop your church. Lord, you said even the gates of hell, the gates of Hades themselves cannot stop your church. You said you will build your church, Lord. Build your church worldwide. We thank you for that great family, Lord, across the world that we, we have a pleasure and blessing to be a part of. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.